My name is Jonas Acevedo, and I'm the host of the Infinite Journey ATX. This podcast is going to be about different lessons in fitness, different nuggets um, that you can hopefully take and add to your routine or your regimen and help to add value to those people looking to level up their fitness. The goal is to just condense the knowledge that I have over the last seven years of training and get this out to a broader audience than just the clients in our gym. If you're looking to find more about us, uh, visit us at infinitefitnessaustin.com. Feel free to uh, reach out to us if you have any questions. You can find a link to talk to a trainer on that website as well. I'm here with Chris today of Rogue Running. Um, longtime runner and owner of, of, in my opinion, one of the best running companies in Austin, Texas. Somebody I've looked up to and admired for a long time. wanted to bring him on the podcast today to talk about his journey um, as far as an endurance athlete goes and and how strength training has played different parts and different phases of his life. Um, and his key takeaways um, being one of the, in my opinion, one of the top running coaches here. Um, I met with Chris years ago, probably in 2019. I, I was able to take Chris to lunch. And one of the things that we synced on was um, being able to provide a really high quality of training in the private sector to endurance athletes. Um, you know, ours was the strength conditioning side of things, but not just a boot camp or a cookie cutter program, but really bringing a high level of coaching to the everyday athlete. So I wanted to bring him on in the podcast. He's been working with me now as far as his strength training goes for six to nine months. Um, and he's been, you know, really consistent. And just as an athlete, not even as a coach, but as an athlete, just somebody that's really fun to train. I could give a hard time to. He comes in here, does the work, doesn't come up with any ideas. You know, I think being a coach, you kind of know what kind of athlete you need to be because you've seen different types. So really good to work with. I've learned a lot from him over our time. Um, and um, yeah, one of the things that I've learned that's kind of funny is what you call, I'm just a dumb runner. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, hey, what do you think about this input? Because some people like input. But I'm like, what do you think about this? He's like, you're, you're the professional. Is why I come here. I'm just going to be a dumb runner. Even though he's probably well-versed more than anybody else in our gym. He's like, yeah, I might let you handle it. Where does that mindset come from? That's so good. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. I've always kind of been that way as a, as a athlete. You know, mm -hmm. I've had a bunch of coaches through the years. I played soccer as my primary sport growing up. Played volleyball in college, club volleyball. And, you know, then obviously got into running after that and was self-coached for a long time. But for me, it's always been a situation where if I have a coach, I'm going to trust them to do the work. I like to be able to not think about it yeah. and just follow what they're telling me. So I have yeah. a running coach who also coaches with Rogue mm -hmm. and I don't even question it. Yeah. She has the plan. I do it. And that's <laughs> right. it. Because, yeah, I can think about it. But mm -hmm. I think about it for all my athletes. So I don't yeah. want to think about it when I'm when I'm the athlete. And yeah. in the case of strength training, yes, I have a perspective. And I came to you because I believe you're doing all the things I would want somebody to do mm -hmm. for a runner to get stronger. But I also know you're the expert. So I'm going to trust you. Yeah. I think that's a good... You know, I think there's good, it's good to be interested in what you're doing and to maybe ask questions, but, um, yeah, I, it's, it's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. It's mostly the male runners that I have. They're like, oh yeah, I'm going to add this. And I'm like, why? Just, <laughs> like, just do what I say. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's tempting. 
But, but I will say this as a coach, I welcome all kinds. Yeah. I have some people that just want to be the dumb runner that want to show up and do what I say. <laughs> and I have some people that want to ask the questions and understand and sometimes even provide input. And that's okay. I am I will take all varieties and I get everybody has different needs and approaches in terms yeah. of how they want to tackle their training. And so I'm open and welcome to all of those. But for me and how I operate especially considering that I have to think about this a lot for mm -hmm. a lot of people, it's nice to just be able to turn my brain off and let you take over. Yeah. I think it's, I think you, as a coach, you learn and grow from both. Cause I like people who have input, even if it's wrong. Let me go and research this just to make sure that I'm not giving you misinformation. And I'm, I, I really like the science of things. Um, so, you know, somebody who I'm probably going to bring on this podcast soon, one of my other clients is, you know, a doctorate of biomechanics and she's always bringing, she's bringing, we're, she's bringing me a bunch of studies that she gets because she's a member of a journal because that's what I like to read. You know, it's like, have you seen the newest Netflix? I'm like, no, but I just read this really cool study, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you want to talk about it. Even so, better. Yeah, even better. So, um, let's start off with, tell me a little bit about your journey and how strength training is kind of played, you know, how it's come in and out of your endurance training and kind of gotten you to where, to where you are now, which is, again, really consistent, really, you know, just really consistent. That's like a huge thing. Yeah, I started running in 1999, so 20, 24 years ago. In college, I played soccer and then I played club volleyball and when I stopped playing those organized sports, I needed a way to stay in shape. And I had a friend who was into running. He had run in high school, but wasn't running in college, but it started to do road races and things like that on his own. And he got me out there with him. And and I wanted, you know, I, at the time, I just needed a way to stay in shape because I had lost some of that in my team sports, from my team sports. And yet I found going out with him, I actually really enjoyed it. I had a good foundation for it because of playing soccer for so long and having that endurance foundation. And so that kind of got me hooked and really sort of the rest is history. Now I've been running pretty consistently now for 24 years and coaching starting about 2005. So about 18 years of coaching in various forms. Mm. When I started running, though, I was already pretty strong because I had weightlifting, weight training as a part of my soccer fitness building, volleyball mm -hmm. fitness building. And so when I first started running, I wasn't doing a lot of additional strength work because I was actually, frankly, kind of riding the coattails of the work I had done mm -hmm. for those other sports. And then through the years, I developed some body weight routines and things like that just to maintain and maintain healthy muscles, rehab from injury, prehab from injury, prevent injuries from happening. But it largely gotten away from weighted training for those 24 years and had continued to have success, you know, from a running perspective. And the thing about running that's nice is that if you keep running consistently, you can develop your aerobic system for a period of often two decades mm -hmm. for most people. So I was continuing to see progress during that time, including beating times I'd run, you know, when I was 24 years old, when I was 38 years old. Mm -hmm. And so having success, having progress, but I'd gotten to definitely a point where from a, from a pure aerobic development standpoint, I was starting to see very 
reduced gains. Yeah. Were, yeah. The, the, the gains were becoming thinner and thinner and yeah. smaller and smaller because I just had that foundation already. Mm-hmm. And also turned 40, now I'm 43. <laughs> and so you start to see, you know, the body change, you know, as you age a little bit as well. And while I still believe I can run faster times, I just have to be smarter about it. And so I, I got into a point where I wanted to continue to improve in the marathon and realize that if I need, if I wanted to make step change improvements in the marathon, I need to be stronger again and get back to more consistent weighted training. Not just because I thought that that was where I was lacking from a performance standpoint, but also be knowing as I age that those fast switch muscles are going to continue to deteriorate or go away. And so I have to also do stay on top of it to prevent some of that from happening. Yeah. And so that's when I basically decided to take a break at the beginning of last year from marathon training, mm-hmm. refocus on some of the basics, both from a strength perspective with you, but also from a running perspective, mm-hmm. working on raw speed and, and things like that, that I neglected a little bit in marathon training so that I could rebuild my body essentially in a, in a new way and then go to tackle the marathon again to hopefully make bigger jumps again. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of key things. One is that I talk about is like a window of adaption. So the longer you go, the marginal, more marginal your gains get, and you actually have to do more to get those gains. Right. You know, it's like some people are, uh, you know, and that kind of also goes into play with something that you mentioned, like of a training, we call it in strength conditioning, like a training age. People are like, oh, I took two weeks off or like I took two months off and blah, blah. And it's like, you know, well, the reason that doesn't happen to me is because I've been strength training for like 20 years, either powerlifting, weightlifting, bodybuilding. So I could take, I took a year off of squatting and I'm like not very far back from the last squat that I did, you know? Right. But you have that training age. So like you were saying, um, you know, you're, you, you have, uh, you've been training consistently the aerobic, you know, energy system for over 20 years. So your body responds a lot differently and um and then having that window of adaption so small you really have to be on your p's and q's if you want to increase your performance versus like when you were new you re- reacted really easily to different stimuluses so um and then the other thing i'll say of that is so interesting like as a person who's kind of just fascinated by physiology and people's performance in general it's like people's past athletic experience really goes into play on their movement quality right so being a soccer player then going into endurance sports there's a book that chris recommended to me that i'm reading right now running rewired and the only other person that i've heard say this is he's talking about high school runners and they came to him usually because they weren't good at ball sports you know and he talks about the importance of position and position and i'm still reading it so i don't have the full kind of opinion form but it's like that's one of the challenges is getting people in position before we just like throw them under a load or like throw them under lifting. So I'm kind of goes into our next point. What would you say have been the keys for you and the strength training that we do that has been the biggest keys in a, as an endurance athlete in what we do in here? I mean, one thing I would start with is just the consistency and the routine of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, I have people ask me all the time, well, how much should I be doing it and when should I be doing it? And, you know, there are ways to optimize the days, and I generally tell people that you want to make your hard days hard, your easy days easy. Yeah. So I have my harder runs, longer runs on days that I'm actually doing strength training after that so that I can then 
focus on recovery. Mm -hmm. But even though that's the rule of thumb, uh, the most important thing is that routine and consistency, just like with running. So key. That you do it ideally on the same days, week mm -hmm. to week, as consistently as you can, knowing mm -hmm. that you're not going to see gains in a week or two weeks or six weeks. You're going to take six months, nine months. For me, I think I probably need another six months before I really start to see the advantages of the work that we've been doing. And so that, and that's been a challenge for me, especially with weighted strength training in the past is having that consistency. So, you know, part of working with you was about having that accountability and a coach that can get me to show up twice a week. For me, mm -hmm. it's Tuesday, Thursdays at lunchtime. Clock that's the perfect window. <laughs> and for the most part, other than travel here and there, I've been doing that mm -hmm. since we started working together. And so if establishing that consistent routine, it becomes less important what you do in that window. I mean, obviously yeah. that's important, but if you can just establish consistent routine around a few key movement patterns, mm -hmm. then that's going to go a long way. Yeah, that's pretty huge. And that's what, so we don't train a lot of people who are only fat loss focused. Even if they do come here for that, they end up staying because the quality of life that improves for them. And it's like, you know, the sweet spot, the, I'm reading it in this book, which is backed by data, is like two times a week for runners, you know. But what's even more important is what's manageable for you to maintain. Like, is it once a week? I mean, if you don't do once a week, you're definitely not seeing any progress. But like, um, versus being like, yeah, I'm going to do five times this week and then like once the next week and then I'm going to take a week off and then I'm going to come back and do three weeks and like this sporadic. It's like, no, do something that fits your lifestyle. That's what we would recommend versus just trying to get somebody. And I think a lot of people, what's funny from my experience is like a lot of people come in with these preconceived ideas of what our gym and personal training will be like. They think they're gonna get a super hard sell and that we're gonna like, you know, do the fat calibers on them or something like that or make them like max out. And it's like, we create a plan and prescribe for them what's best based on their goals, their lifestyle, what do they have going on, you know course any injuries or things like that so yeah and one thing to remember in all of that is and the same is turned running is that you can only do as much as you can recover from so true so but part of that is also giving yourself the space and time for adapt adapting mm -hmm. so one of the things as a part of me starting this journey with you as i've taken a step back from the hardcore marathon training to reintegrate some other elements has been also giving myself the time and realizing that I was going to have to pull back in other areas so that my body could adapt to this new load. Mm -hmm. So it meant reduced volume on the running side. It meant doing lesser or less intense quality workouts for windows of time and not just four weeks or six weeks, but for me, six months of mm -hmm. taking a step back from my running a little bit. Not to say I wasn't doing it. I was training at a, you know, still pretty rigorous level mm. for most people, but definitely 15 to 20% reduced from my normal load on the running side so that yeah. I could add this other piece mm -hmm. and make sure it all fit together in a way that would be additive versus if you just try to slap it in and expect that you're running and stay the same <laughs> while you're building it in and yeah. it's, it's not going to work. You're going to mm -hmm. break. And so, and even as a part of that, I have noticed also I've had to, is that even as I've adapted to the full load of both elements, I've had to adjust certain things around sleep and the paces I go on my easy recovery run days so that I can manage the, the cumulative load. 
and you have to be willing to pull those levers in order to make it all fit together otherwise your body will be too tired all the time to actually build itself back stronger yeah i think that's such a key for endurance athletes like i get this literally at least once a week maybe twice as people are like man i just started it's the first like one or two weeks and it's kind of too easy and it's like well from a scientific approach it's like if we just added a layer of volume and we didn't consider you already doing you know let's just for quantitative sake say 40 miles a week consistently and increasing that by a mile or two every week we didn't consider that and we just threw a layer of strength training volume on top of it at a level that you could do like you you wouldn't your body doesn't have that recoverable ability just yet you have to build it which is why in our program we want you to come in here and move well for one to two weeks we can fine-tune those movements so that way one it gives your body the ability to adapt to the volume um, and gradually increase that and to be able to really solidify that position so that way again you can get stronger over time and it's it's really a long game mindset yeah and if consistency is one and giving yourself time for adaptation is to the clean movement patterns is number three in the overall equation and that's something I knew intuitively as a coach stepping into this work with you is that while I had an athletic background, had a lifting background, all, that, all that's 25 years you know, old. Mm-hmm. And I knew my body was going to take time to readjust. Mm-hmm. Plus, there would be new movement patterns to learn. Mm-hmm. And so we, we started with the training wheels on. I mean, frankly, <laughs> yeah. you know, people might have laughed at yeah. you know, <laughs> the basic level of work that I was doing to start. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, as the dumb athlete here, I was like, well, this is what I need. I knew it. I was going to, I was my, I was committed to starting it with a complete beginner's mindset again. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm new at this again. I need to make sure I'm moving correctly because if you're not moving correctly, when you add the load, not only are you going to not get the full benefit of the work, you're also likely going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And then when you hurt yourself, you can't actually be consistent to, to build. So clean movement is key. Yeah, and then, I mean, most of the time people come in here, there's an element of durability that they want. They want to increase performance, but they also want to reduce their risk of injury using strength training and having stronger hips and core. And it's like, well, if you're doing something that's then going to get you injured, it's actually counterproductive. You'd be better off just drinking water. <laughs> Drink a little bit more water instead of coming strength training. Right. Right? It's like driving a car. I'm not, I don't really actually know anything about cars, but like <laughs> with, your, with your tires out of alignment significantly you're just going to wear the tread out on your tires like 10 times as fast yeah or the running analogy would be that if you're doing your recovery runs too fast right you know you're not actually recovering so therefore you're not giving your body the ability to build back stronger or to then get ready for the next hard or long effort Mm -hmm. and so it's becomes counterproductive when you're doing it wrong Mm -hmm. and that's absolutely true with movement which i think underscores the need to have an expert help you especially Mm -hmm. when you're in the new stages Mm -hmm. is you can watch videos online you can try to do it on your own but we're actually really bad at perceiving our own movement patterns especially when we're new to it and so you need that external person to look at you and be like, hey, tweak this, tweak that, mm-hmm. and to be able to get you in alignment, especially when you're new to it, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why I like the fact that you guys have you know group 
group focus classes that are small enough where you can get that correction, mm -hmm. but also big enough where it's a little more cost effective for those that can't afford a one-to-one, -one, you know, personal training approach. So you got to have, I think you got to get somebody who can help you. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that's been so influential to me and in, in like in this journey is becoming an athlete myself. I, the reason I got into strength training, I was doing, um, or endurance, training endurance athletes, I was doing triathlons in high school and I still like cycling and stuff, but, um, I moved into Olympic weightlifting and I tried to do Olympic, Olympic weightlifting is highly, highly technical. I mean, it's one third technical. You, you don't go to a weightlifting meet and somebody see somebody that's trained themselves. It's, it's just, <laughs> right. Very rare. And so what I learned is like how subjective we are at our own, just talking about form and position. Like Even training years under a coach, I would video record myself and I'd be like, oh, this is what I see. And my coach is like, no, that's not that important. This is really what's important. But to my own eye, as a trained individual with a background in education and, and kinesiology and years training under sports and movement, I still see the wrong thing yeah. from a form standpoint. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be your own coach. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's kind of a terrible idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, one of the things as I'm doing more interviews in these podcasts is I'm like, man, some of the professionals that I've brought on, it's like we could have a series over just this one, just this one principle for like a lot of different series. So um, last thing is, um, we'll move on to maybe we'll hopefully we'll, we can have more episodes over things that we've talked about but what would you recommend for runners when it comes to strength training you've kind of dropped a few nuggets there but let's say this runners who are over 40 who are who are who are training um, who are training for a race what would you recommend to them trying to get into strength training First of all, as I mentioned, give yourself the space and time to actually integrate it. So I wouldn't want somebody to add strength training while they're in a cycle training for a specific race. Mm -hmm. To me, you have to do it prior to that. So if somebody has a race on the calendar, in fact, I was having a conversation recently with an athlete who's racing a 10K in April mm -hmm. and she was asking about adding strength. I said, no, look, we're in the middle of a cycle where we're already adding speed stimulus that you're not familiar with yeah so we don't want to add more than one stimulus mm -hmm. at a time so let's wait to add the strength over the summer when we can reset and mm -hmm. reestablish a base routine where yep. we can pull back on the quality focus there integrate that part and then train for another race mm -hmm. so always give yourself the space to do it outside of a specific training cycle and i submit that you need to give yourself more space than you think so true. i would say at least a couple of months of being able to and, and yes you're going to run during that time but i would want you to be able to focus on easy running mm -hmm. lighter workouts so that you can really focus on the strength over those couple of months before you get back into a race specific training program so that would be number one and during those two months as we said it's all about consistent routine Something done consistently is way better than more done inconsistently. And so figure out the days you can do it. Two is optimal, I think, for runners. Doesn't have to be more than probably 30 minutes at a time with some simple key movements. Mm -hmm. I would advise to get somebody who can help you structure that, like Infinite, but don't have the access to that or ability to afford it. Just think about your simple movement patterns. Squat, 
deadlifts, lunges, single leg, single leg deadlifts, or, yeah. or, or split squats, planks for core work, push-ups, push press, some very basic movement patterns in order to focus on the key things that we need as runners to be strong and to maintain good form. And then do the work, right? Let's it's not more work. complicated than that. And one thing I want to advise people on here, especially, and this is this is especially true in running in general, is that when in doubt, choose the lower weight, the lower <laughs> stimulus, mm -hmm. the slower path. Mm -hmm. Because what we're talking about is establishing something that will, will be small gains that you could ideally do over a period of years. And I think in our world, just, I think it's in a very American thing where we, we feel like if we don't suffer or hurt or <laughs> we're not you know debilitatingly sore the next day, then it's not working. But I would submit that if you're debilitatingly sore the next day, you're probably doing too much. Because you've got to prep the muscles, tendons, and ligaments in a way and, and just give them very small incremental stimulus. So choose less weight, focus on clean movement. Don't worry about the numbers. Mm -hmm. I think you at one point asked me, do you even care about your max? I'm like, no, I don't even care about my max. Mm -hmm. Unless you care about it, unless you need that information to mm -hmm. design a program, because it's not about max for me. I could mm -hmm. care less what my max deadlift could be. Mm -hmm. It's about, can I run faster? Yeah. <laughs> like my deadlift number is irrelevant right. when it comes to my goals. So don't worry about that part. Make those small gains, do them consistently and doesn't have to be big or heroic and it'll make a difference yeah and to cap that off it's like the simplicity that we follow is a hinge a squat a push and a pull and then lots of core push and pull is upper body and then at least single leg work every exercise is necessary and um, especially for somebody like Chris who I work really closely with uh, in his strength training it's like we don't really need to max out because I know when we started, this example that we went over today, I know when we started you couldn't do a single leg plank. Now you can do a single leg plank for 25 seconds with good positioning. It's like that's a measure of your success that I know that will translate to better performance versus like your deadlift. We don't, you know, you do hex bar deadlift stuff, but that's, that's going to be such a low transfer if I'm like, let's increase your max deadlift. Well, for what? You know, <laughs> the thing I talk to runners about is like, it, you're you're not competing in strength training so when you're in here like this isn't where you really should be competing at right right like, you're competing in running we're doing this to complement that so such so much mind mindset so many nuggets in, in this episode and hope that we can do things like this again and work together more in the future so um, thanks for coming on I'll have um, all of Chris's information in the show notes and information on rogue running he has a awesome podcast I think it's like number two um in the rankings for running so I'll, I'll, I'll add all of his information if you want to find out more and, and take a listen to what chris is doing so thanks again look forward to more thanks jonas thanks for listening to this episode of infinite journeys if you have any questions about your training or fitness at all anything that we talked about feel free to shoot me an email at jonas at infinitefitnessaustin.com and i'll personally reply um, if you're looking for more about our, us or our facility, you can find more at www.infinitefitnessaustin.com.